Hey guys, this is Aaron from the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Just wanted to introduce our next episode. Uh, we're going to be talking SummerSlam being a four-hour pay-per-view instead of three hours. We'll discuss the shenanigans of Tough Enough once again. I think we might be putting Tough Enough to bed at this point. For a while, our crew's getting kind of tired of it, and you'll hear about it. Uh, also, just general talk about you know wrestling this past week as well as wrestling rumors, um, just some kind of projections and things. We will be touching on the unfortunate passing of uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper sometime in an episode next week. Programming still kind of being um, arranged for that. So look forward to that. Um, Unfortunately, you know, rest in peace, Rowdy Piper, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, In my opinion, the best heel in the history of the business, um, at least of my lifetime. But... Uh, Without further ado, we're going to get started with the SummerSlam segment. Uh, Just a friendly reminder about programming, uh, in case you have been living under a rock and missing the best wrestling podcast on the internet. Uh, We've had some past episodes about the heir apparent to John Cena. We reviewed Death Before Dishonor recently. Um, You know, the Hogan controversy was talked about in episode 29. So you can kind of check our back catalog on iTunes, on our social media pages, or of course, WrestlingOpinion.com. But let's go ahead and get started with episode 30. Alright guys, welcome back once again to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Aaron here with Two Chains. How are you, sir? What's up, buddy? How's everybody on today? Oh, doing okay. And we have Mr. Silly Sellis. I like softballs. He likes softball. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I gotta give you a time reference. I gotta I gotta kill you. He's killing the, the airwaves and ESPN, man. I had to do it to you. Oh, now I get you know what, man? We live. I thought we were living in America, where if you were going to be proven guilty, it had to be by evidence. But apparently, these days it is uh, soft speculation and a judge, jury, and executioner and Roger Goodell. But um, whatever, we'll have our day in federal court, and um, commissioner will hopefully be out of office here before too long because he's going to get embarrassed in federal court once again. Anyways, <laughs> um. We wanted to talk a little bit to start off the podcast today about the big announcement that SummerSlam 2015 in Brooklyn, New York is going to be four hours long. I think we were all kind of... It's not that I don't like to watch wrestling. I just want to say that first off. I don't want to sit here and whine like, oh gosh, I have four hours of entertainment instead of just three. Ugh. It's not like that. But... I have a couple of issues with the announcement. I want to throw it to you guys first, though. Let's start with you two, James. Do you like the announcement? Do you have issue with it? I'm optimistic. I, to be honest, I'm not tilted either way just yet. Um, the only concern is if you're going to allow, if you're going to give this much time, please use it. I don't want an hour of promo or. I don't want the pre-show to be compensated for that hour, whatever whatever trickery may be behind that. I just 
I don't know. Just really optimistic to see what feels the four hours of it. So, Celis, do you agree with them or are you kind of uh, down on it or what's your thoughts? I, I can't stand it. And the reason why is this. You have WrestleMania already. That's already four hours. And you make a four-hour event to be your biggest pay-per-view of the year. You have one championship. You have one Super Bowl. You have one NBA Finals. You have one WrestleMania. I know you're trying to make SummerSlam your second mess mania or your mania light. Um, but still, this use it as the biggest event of the summer. Use it as a transcendent to start your fall season of your WWE program and getting ready for Survivor Series. And I don't think it needs to be four hours because the biggest thing I can think of is seven matches, four hours. How are you going to fill it? And, and, and that's what I think it's going to be. It's probably going to be seven matches. And any other matches beyond seven is going to be pointless because I don't think it's going to be booked appropriately because you're only two weeks out, basically, from SummerSlam. I, I just do not like it. It's SummerSlam to me. I, I don't look at SummerSlam in the past. Or I remember SummerSlam 1996, 1997. It was this match. You do it by mania and mania numbers. I just don't like it. Yeah, I, mean, I think they actually have like I think they have like three weeks. I think SummerSlam's late August this year, which is a little bit different. But um, oh, yeah, you're right, you're well, right. let's let's even just go through the matches of what what's kind of announced or what they're leaning towards and see if it could be a worthwhile show. You have the main event already been announced: Taker versus Brock. I think, regardless of my issues with that match, and I think we'll we can get more into that on our you know preview episode for SummerSlam. That that'll be something worth worth watching. So I think we can, we can get into like. Right, I think it could be a hot mess. That's that's my short take on it right now. But it's at least something I think people are going to be interested in. But besides that, on the card, you're going to have Cena and Rollins. It seems for one or both of those titles, you're going to maybe have Kevin Owens versus Cesaro, Randy and Sheamus maybe again, maybe a triple threat nine diva tag going on. Um, it looks like we're headed for kind of a four corners tag title match based on how they're booking the tag situation. You got Dolph and Rusev. That's six matches unless I lost count. Is there anything I'm missing feud-wise, you guys? Um, and, and don't forget maybe Stardust versus... Uh, oh, yeah. How did I forget uh, that? Yeah, yeah, Stardust and Neville and whatever that Green Arrow mm-hmm. match. And then I guess maybe the Intercontinental title, depending on if Ryback is healthy... You know, by that point, mm-hmm. um, is that something that you feel would be a good investment of four hours? Those feuds, those matches. You know, I maybe it's unfair of, of me to say that right now because they still have three more weeks of TV to get us hyped for it. But it's a long time, considering we're also going to be watching two hours of NXT Takeover the night before. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like what? you could almost accomplish those same matches in three hours. Well, here, here's my... Well, you said the magic word. Here's my tape. You said um, Taker and Brock. And you mentioned that that was just your short impression of it. <clears throat> the word short is the key word here. <laughs> there is no way that this match goes over 20 minutes. No way. I don't even think it's going to go over 15 minutes. Me neither. And I was just, go- I was just being nice. Because yeah. I know there will be a whole bunch of just random laying around, time ticking, <laughs> but it would not go over <laughs> 20 minutes. Random laying all. around. 
Yeah, you know, I forgot who uh, who used to be the man of just laying around like a dead. Oh, CM Punk. Yeah. Just laying around like a like a like a fish on land. So it's gonna be a bunch of that. So after hearing all those matches, I don't think not one match set for if there is a title versus title match will will see longer than thirty minutes. With that being said, if an Iron Man match is not implemented, that's nothing that's going to save this card from being time savvy at all. Mm. Or some type of stipulation, an I quit match or uh, no DQ something. I agree with that too, James. Yeah. Uh, um, the, even those that that um, that Divas match, if it's booked that way, that might hurt it. If it's split up, it might be a little bit better, but obviously I think it is going to be a, a three-way tag. That match, I don't think, will exceed longer than 20 minutes. Nope. A four-way tag match, I don't think, will be longer than uh, 40 minutes. Any match that Seamus is involved in will not be longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> well, um, that, And that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Like The reason Mania is four hours is because... You have the decent big time matches, but you also have the spectacle of WrestleMania. You have the intricate entrances that take longer. You yep. maybe have music performances which take more time. Yep. Um, you know, stuff pyro, stuff like that. I can I don't see them having a ton of that in the Barclays Center compared to a stadium. Nope. Not at all. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe they're gonna really blow it out, but I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't get the need for four hours. I don't either. I do not either. And the, and the other. Not unless, no, oh, go ahead. Add this, I don't know if tough enough is going to be added to this segment too. Maybe have a tough enough final or segment in there just to throw. Please. It in. I don't know, but mm, that's a. It, please. <laughs> I want to get into tough enough a little bit with you guys later in the episode, but one one other thing to think about here is that um. You know, I've been to two WrestleManias in my lifetime. I'm going to a third one with you guys next year. And each one I've been to, it's a longer show, four hours, give or take, like we said. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the crowd's going to lose steam after a while in a show that long. There's going to be peaks and valleys. But what's nice about having Mania in stadium-sized buildings is that, you know, when there's lulls, like, it doesn't feel as much like a lull because there's, you know... 60, 70, 80,000 people in there. Certain people are going to get hot for certain things. Others are going to get hot for other things. But you can get a nice reaction throughout. In a building like the Barclays Center, like what's that going to be? Like maybe 15,000? Is that? Something is like that. that? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see how that's not going to sound like, like raw on a bad night at certain parts where like the crowd gets hyped for certain parts and they come down for others. Unless they book it right. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts about that? I will say this, though. If you remember back when Mania, I forgot what number, I think it was 28, when it was in New Jersey, New York. Uh, 29. And, and they had, tw- 29, 29, okay, yeah. And um, and the day after, that East Rutherford, uh, New Jersey crowd, where the New Jersey Nets used to play, that crowd was very, very hot. The only thing that I think I could say this, if that same crowd or around the people that was in that same crowd can make it to the Barclays Center, to be a very, very hot crowd, that would determine how successful the night can be because the New York crowd is a very good wrestling crowd. You know, you got the Madison Square Garden fans, you got the New Jersey fans coming in. That whole area is real good on wrestling as far as, you know, making sure a, a show is good on, on a crowd standpoint. But still, four hours is a lot of peaks and valleys. You got to make sure you keep them 
entertained the whole night. Well, and I that's the thing that I think might work against them. No disrespect to New York fans at all. It's definitely one of the hottest crowds in wrestling. But the show you're talking about, and I remember that crowd because I think that was when the Fandango yes. song thing really took off. Yes. Difference in that crowd is that that was a WrestleMania crowd. A lot of the people who traveled from all over the world to you know, and they bought their ticket to stay one more night to see Raw. Like those are the most hardcore fans you're going to have at Raw the whole year. And I, I don't, I don't think we're going to get quite that kind of crowd, but it would definitely help. True. Very true. Yeah. So, I guess maybe we'll kind of not really buy or sell SummerSlam being a four-hour show for now. Maybe we'll wait and see how the card is being built, you know, a couple weeks down the line when we do our preview, like I said. But as of now, I'm just going to kind of take a pessimistic wait-and-see approach. Um, any final thoughts on that, too, James? I'm wondering, like, does this, is there anything else going on with competitors that may be the reason why they're trying to do this? You know, they've been really concerned with uh, um, RH bookings in the area, which I don't know why, but they, they, they've been rumored to not be pleased by that. wonder if this extra hour is deterring anything else. Uh, the NFL preseason, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I know that they're running up against ROH with the NXT show the night before because they have the Field of Honor show in, um, I think it's also in Brooklyn, actually. Um, I don't know. I I know that they um one rumor online was that they were having some of their talents in WWE do more spots on the ring apron to kind of uh, take a shot at ROH. So like <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll see longer matches considering the amount of talent they got that can actually work a longer match. You talking like twenty to twenty five minutes? Like I think Kevin Owens and Cesaro could put on a half-hour wrestling clinic if they were given the time to do so easily. So maybe that, maybe you'll see something like that as kind of a shot to ROH in terms of in-ring product. Um, I don't know. I, I still don't get the whole four-hour thing. Celis, did you have any final thoughts about it? No, no, we'll just save it for later as a, as a car get built up. We'll let WWE get their chance, but no, not at this time. Cool. Yep. I'm fighting you all in the storm Feel the pain that I try to contain My heart is black and the blood in my veins And I'm coming to get it all And yo, I'm breaking smash Straight with bad I can see the fear in your eyes Every time that I pass So Tough Enough Uh, You know, when I was a kid Back in 2001 When Tough Enough first debuted on MTV It was definitely about entertainment, definitely about reality TV, but the focus of the television show was about creating a superstar, about creating a wrestler. Mm -hmm. Today's Tough Enough is not about creating a wrestler. It's about who's hot. (laughs) And it's about who's funny. And it's about who's a model. I... I don't know why we do this to ourselves, you guys, why we still follow this show. It's probably because we have a wrestling podcast and we want to make sure we get our eyes on as much product as possible. But it's getting harder to watch Tough Enough every week. I don't know why how USA doesn't cancel this show after this season. Um, last night on Tough Enough, for those of you that didn't see it, 
Well, let's just start off with the new the new judge. Um, there are a lot of rumors all week about who was going to replace Hogan, who was dismissed from WWE last week. He had rumors of Ric Flair or Bret Hart, both of which I think would have been tremendous choices. And instead, who did we go with, Two Chains? Uh, Mike the Miz. But as long as we address why he, why he's there and what they got and what's going on with that, that's the only reason why I don't care. Because in regard to what you're saying, you're like, how do you say two legends didn't the Miz, and how does it work? So there's there's a method to their madness, but it's still at the end of the day a big soup of madness. <laughs> 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 so basically the way the episode played out was they um they introduced the show and I thought they would make maybe some sort of a formal acknowledgement that they were replacing Hogan but it was just kind of here's our judges Daniel Bryan and Paige and our third judge the Miz everyone's just like yay okay but they did um they did a ropes course challenge um, not really sure what that has to do with wrestling, but it was kind of entertaining, I guess. And then they were working on different um, sequences in the ring. But here is my thing, and the judges even commented on this, is that none of the competitors were doing the moves particularly well, especially you know according to what Daniel Bryan and, and Paige were saying. They only learned five moves so far, and they've been there, what, six weeks? You go back and watch the old Tough Enough, they were learning, you know, they get the basics down, learn how to bump, but they were, like, stringing together, you know, 10-minute matches with far more moves than that by the end of that season. I don't see any of these guys getting to that point this season. Um, that's just one one observation I had on the show. But then we had the elimination segment. Now, Celis, you said you did not get a chance to see the episode? I did not see the episode. I saw the results, and I saw the beginning part where my wife even wanted to see who was replacing Hogan. We saw it was The Miz, but I did not see the show itself. But I heard what happened as far as the, uh, I guess, the ending process. But I'll let you get into that and leave that in, Aaron. Well, so I don't remember who nominated who specifically, but, um, well, I kind of do. I know that Amanda went in because she is kind of like um, – what reality show would you compare her to, Two Chains? Oh, repeat that. I was just about to, I was thinking about something else. Who, who would you? What reality show would you compare Amanda to on this? Oh man, I don't know. First, first look at her. I was just like, she looks like one of the um, what's, what's the, the 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 marriage one, the the Bachelorette. Yeah. Or the Bachelor, whatever. Yeah. Um. But she also looks like a road rules girl. So. That's, that's what I was about to say. A real world road rules girl. Yep. And the, just to put the icing on the cake, Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, that's not that far off the mark, man. And then which, they which, threw which, in... Um, what do you it towards? I don't, any show that has women and men that just yell at each other incoherently every episode, it seems like she's trying to play up to the reality TV end of it. So it's when she sits there... And tells the audience, you know, I'm here to be a WWE diva, and this means a lot to me. Like, no, it doesn't. If it did, you'd be more professional than that. And I don't know. Again, this is a reality show, so I really shouldn't get that surprised or worked up about it. But then they threw in ZZ, obviously, who said on the air that he thinks Mata could beat him in the competition. It's like, homie, why are you even here right now? And they, I don't know if you guys watch the Tough Talk show on the network where it's kind of like, 
kind of like that Breaking Bad and uh, Walking Dead post show they do on AMC. They they ripped into ZZ for saying something like that. But then um, the Miz threw in Mata, and they had the vote, and the Miz says, well, I'm going to save Amanda because she's hot. And the whole sequence, you'll have to – I don't know if you DVR'd it or not, Celis, but you're going to have to go back and try and find it. So he announces that he's saving Amanda. Keep in mind, nobody has saved anybody the whole season. Right. And then yeah. Paige starts screaming at him and calling him stupid. Yeah. And, I, I have to say, very, very – seems uncharacteristic of her how she jumped up. Like, she didn't just turn her head over – and, and screamed at them. She literally like jumped up out of her seat with like her finger pointed. Like I, <laughs> I had to say, I've been in a hostile situation like that. It is not comfortable at all. No. And <laughs> but, then it gets worse if you watch the tough talk episode that happened right after. They she yelled a lot oh, more yeah. at him. It gets way worse. But yeah, then, yeah. so then like I could tell Jericho was trying to hurry along the proceedings because they were getting close. You know, it's live TV and they're getting close to the end of the episode. So, like, he announces that. They go right to the results. Sure enough, Amanda was in last place. I think she only had, like, 18 or 13%. And then um, ZZ obviously had the most. So then Mata, by default, got eliminated. And, like, the crowd was shocked again because, like, regardless of what he's like in the ring, like, he definitely has some sort of presence about him. I could see keeping him around. It would make sense. But now you send him home, who I think maybe – Maybe he was the only guy on the show that wrestling fans had left to latch on to. Yep. He sent Patrick home the week before. I'm looking at the guys that are left, and, like, slim pickings ain't even the right term. It's it's a murderer's <sighs> row, man. Yeah. I think, I don't know, just to add off, just to add off some things that you said, um, um, I thought... Cesaro's excuse for why Patrick went home saying he wasn't focused was complete blasphemy because if anything they would alluded to the fact that he doesn't know when to talk or he talks too much always in you know somebody else's business which everybody's kind of been referring to sort of say then yeah or you could go with what Paige's excuse was oh if y'all really liked him y'all should have voted yeah <laughs> so does that um, you know, we give um, people three minutes to vote, though. It's just kind of like, yeah, like please, like, please. No. Yeah, the 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 the, um, the voting method is is ridiculous because one, how in the world do they do they count um, active Twitter votes when you can still search that hashtag from when it first started and you get an accumulative number? Yeah, so, unless unless they got like some super like good algorithm. That you know that works for them, did fine. But I'm not, I'm sure they're not investing that much time in the IT staff to, to do <laughs> precise, you know, voting. Like, come on now, yeah. you're not fooling me. And American Idol at least gives people 24 to 48 hours to vote. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. And but uh, it's it, it's become a joke. I'm it's become a joke. Not that it wasn't a joke before, but this this show's a joke. But here's my thing, though. Here's here's my spin on it. Okay, first of all, you eliminate Patrick Lassie, who should have won, in my opinion, because he's the best pure wrestler. And even you alluded to it, Aaron. When you look at Mata, he's maybe seemed like he's green as grass. But when he put on that character the first time about his gimmick that he portrayed, it fit him so 
perfectly. Like, you could take that and run with it after you honed his skills, put him in NXT or whatever, if he didn't win it, and you can see how it goes. But now, who else is left? You can't build uh, no wrestler off of that. Not nobody. I, I on the contrary, well, well, first, I'm going to agree saying that Mata cut a great promo as far as why he should still be there. Like phenomenal. That I was I was convinced. Like if it was the time that I wanted to vote, I would have voted right <laughs> then. Because but but being that I only had thirty seconds left, <laughs> it was no way that was gonna happen. Because like literally once he was done, Chris Jericho said, Hey, voting's closed. I was just like, Really? Yeah. Like this is how this works. So obviously it's not about what you what you can do, it's about how you look. It really is. <laughs> the minutes literally Gave me the typical dude, dude look. I literally was watching TV and I, no point intended. I looked men's right in his eyes and I was just like, what is he about to do? Because he was like, I'm about to spice things up. And I was like, oh man, he got that look like my boys had when they see somebody they they like. And I was like, no, I was like, no, no. And as soon as he said it, I was like, there's no way. I said, I knew she was going to have the lowest vote. I was like, but there's no way ZZ is going to go home here. I was like, I'm like, it's operation hijack <laughs> tough enough is in operation. Like people are going to try to make ZZ win. That's what I'm, that's what I'm really feeling to. And I'm not even into like conspiracy theories and all that <laughs> on the internet, but I really feel like, like that's what people are really going to do now. They're going to really get into this just so they can um, get ZZ to win because they, nobody's really considering this show. Anymore. Like if you wasn't a modern fan before this, after that promo, you definitely became a, a modern fan. And after Tough Talk, you definitely became a modern fan. Because oh. Like, he tore, he tore into him on Tough Talk, man. He, like, got in his face and yelled at ZZ. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I, I got, I got, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we went over the format or whatever. But basically, what's going to happen is every, every week, the third judge is going to be replaced. Wait. So it's going to be a For new, real? Yeah, so... This week, the Miz was the person, but apparently for the next week, the third judge will be filled by a different individual every week. So they, are they going to have a save every week? So basically the third judge can save every that, week if somebody's different? That was my biggest concern. How would they How would they do that? Because if that's the case, then the two, um, I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan and Paige should be able to save somebody each week as well. Yeah. But, but think about this, though. There's only five weeks left on the show. There's four weeks until SummerSlam. If somebody gets saved, doesn't that automatically make it become an extra week long? Or now they say eliminate two people in one night. And and will they do that? They're gonna have to. I don't. Yeah. I think technically. I think we're if, I think we're thinking way too hard about it because yeah, and I didn't even watch the show. At the but, end of the day, it's not going to matter because none of these guys are going to actually make it. No, no way. I, I will say, um, I two more comments. And I'm just going to leave this show to be. Um, I will say that Tanner has to look, but he can't cut a promo. He can't even hit. He can't even hit on a girl <laughs> on live TV. You know. <laughs> Um, I'm still rocking with Gigi for the uh, diva side. Um, yeah, like they asked Tanner to cut a promo against Amanda. Amanda, no doubt, she's hot. He just cut some, you know, some lame 
pickup line. But Daniel Bryan liked it, so I guess that works, you know. <laughs> it did feel it did feel kind of like Daniel Bryan ish as well. But right now, if I had to go with a male, um, obviously Josh has the look, and he has he's well spoken, and um, he he can cut he can cut a promo. I think that um, what he was saying about his advice for ZZ was really sincere. And the only reason why I think ZZ does have a chance in this is because I know for a fact that if you don't know how to do something, but everybody around you is giving you advice and you sincerely want to learn, that ultimately makes you a product of what you want to be. If you if you grasp all that and just keep working on yourself. And every week, somebody's eliminated and they're in ZZ's face saying, you don't do this, you don't do this. So if it's not, if that does not resonate into something, just ZZ ultimately just doesn't deserve this. But if he actually does take everything everybody's been saying to him, then I can I can make an argument for why he should why he should win. Mm. But if you literally go back to every elimination week, somebody's in his face saying, you need to do this. You need to improve on this. And him being 19 is an excuse that he should stop using. But at the same time this week, what he was taught was stop using your age as an excuse. So if he learns that and the next week he doesn't go with that, then he's learned something. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a positive note of that. But other than that, I'm really done with the show. I, I don't care. I hope Gigi wins. I'm going to tweet her later and see if she tweets me back. <laughs> Tell her how big of a fan I am. And that's that. So t- t- I'm going to tell her my cable bill uh, was too high, so I can't watch her anymore. Yeah, fair enough. And I'll be my to the show. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're tough enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all done with tough enough. You guys good? Good. <laughs> all right, all right. Alright guys, and welcome back to the Big Go Belt Podcast. Two champs here with fellow co-hosts Dr. M and Silly Sellers. How you feeling today, Sellers? I'm good. Two champs, how you feeling? Uh, y'all keep making fun of my allergies and all that, but you know, I'll be, I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, the sniffling will be at minimum tonight. For sure, for sure. And the doctor, how you feeling? Doing alright, man. How you doing? Good, good, good. Well, uh, first, I just want to take a second to say thank you to all the fans and viewers, listeners that's, um, you know, reaching out to us and, you know, feedback and all that. We greatly appreciate it. And for anybody that may be your first time listening, please check us out on Twitter at BGB Group, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. And also, you can find us featured on WrestlingOpinion.com. So definitely check us out. Um, tonight's segment, we're just going to go over rumors. It's, it's a lot of things swirling around tonight. So, you know, it will not be too much structure to what we're going to talk about. We're definitely going to be jumping around. But it's a ton of things that, you know, on the rumor report for the week. So we're going to go over a couple of things and, you know, see what it leads us to. Um, uh, where should we start? Sellers, I know you said you had something you wanted to talk about immediately. Yeah, man. 
to hear about this third member being added to the Wyatt family. Um, I'm hearing that Adam Rose might have a, a character change again, going back to his original character that he came into NXT with. And if people follow that E60 report that ESPN put out, uh, where they showed him as Leo Kruger, and Leo Kruger might be a, a third member of the Wyatt family. But I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of feeling sideways about this. Uh, nah, damn, this, I just want to ask some feedback off you. How do you feel about that, just based off that rumor? Yeah, I'm a little bit on the fence about it, too. Um, on the one hand, I think anything different for Adam Rose, Leo Kruger, whatever we want to call him, would be a good thing based on his current gimmick. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I just don't know if he would be the right person for the Wyatt family. Um, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago. My top choice was Bo Dallas, and I still think he would be the best fit for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think anything would be an improvement over what he's doing now. So if that is, you know, going to happen, then I would be interested in seeing how they, how they, how it comes off. I don't know. On, on, on regards to the rumors that's been swirling around, it kind of gives me an opinion and maybe suggesting an option to how about a female being in the group what you guys think about that oh what female would you put in there though i mean just thinking about of all the divas you got those nine divas being part of the the diva transition but i don't know i don't know it would definitely take somebody that needs a rebranding i mean uh What's her name? Uh, uh, that that used to come out with Fandango for a short time. I, I know she didn't come out with. What you say? You talking about Rosa Mendez? Yeah, Rosa Mendez. I mean, her character seems to it, it could work. I mean, you obviously just seem in the feminist side of her, but you know, I I think anybody would look forward to an opportunity to be rebranded to be in that group. Obviously, the no brainer would be Paige, but there's no way that would happen as of right now. But you know. Why not? Then, um, isn't there a rumor that uh, um, their, their their sister, um, Bray and uh, Bo's sister, is getting a tryout soon? So. A- absolutely. And that's what kind of gave me the idea. Like, you know, oh, 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 a diva would not be a bad idea. Like, I, I definitely can see that getting some looks. But, yeah, definitely there's been a rumor that uh, their sister's been showing interest as far as being a WWE superstar. And they, they gave her a tryout. So, be curious to see, you know, if that works out. No, no question what her name would be. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about Eva Marie though? I mean, two change. I, I I mixed NXT for the past couple of weeks, and you told me to check her out. It was worth two minutes of watching, and I was very impressed about her entrance and the ring performance. I mean, entrance to the ring, but like you said, her ring performance had some things that said mm, it could have been better. But if you put her as a heel spot, maybe dirty her up a little bit, she could be a sadistic, you know. I don't know, man. I think they're kind of like trying to get anything from her at this point. So I think they need to keep her in a comfortable point. Let her build up her skill set. And her being on Total Divas is uh, also another reason why that probably wouldn't work. But yeah, like Eva Marie, let's let's not push. Let's not push it for her just yet. Let's let her get warmed up to NXT and see what happens. Because, like I said, upon watching that match, she just seemed, she definitely seemed kind of nervous, but she nailed her interest, no question. She did. She really yeah, did. Yeah, she did. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, what Adam Rose finally turned heel because a lot of people have been calling for that. And I, I definitely want to see him be successful on the main roster. So, right. 
And he's he's had a, one of those. I'm, I'm not sure if y'all know how this rumor came about, but he else he sent out a tweet that kind of gave people this idea that hey, he might be going back to his old character. So we'll see. I think uh yeah, I think no better time for it to be would be SummerSlam. But uh, the only problem with that is Adam Rose just wrestled. I think uh, just wrestled uh, Neville. And I kind of think if you're going to take a character change, you might want to disappear just a little bit, you know? So, anyway, uh, next thing. I, I'll start this one off. I heard this crazy rumor, and I thought it was kind of, like, absurd for a minute. But then I thought about it, I was like, you know, this is not such a bad idea. But uh, there's been reports that the WWE Network is going to start offering a pay-per-view view-only section that will only be covered just for the pay-per-view for $5. If you wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me so I can just order the WWE Network and for $5 a month I can just see nothing but just straight pay-per-views and no other content but just straight pay-per-views? I'm not really sure how they're structuring it, but from what I think it is, I think it kind of forces you to, you know, obviously get the app, but you, your, your subscription does not allow you to view anything. Okay. But uh, for $5, when the pay-per-view is available, you're able to see it. So, in other words, uh, they're kind of like okay. skipping the cable, you know, providers and saying, hey, watch it with us just for $5. Right. What do you, I mean, what do you think about the logic in that? Like, a regular pay-per-view is about, uh, what is it, about $50? Uh, yeah, sometimes even six. I think the bigger ones price. are, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not sure what's their cut from that, but I'm I'm almost sure they're getting more than $5 from that, unless that's still going to be an option, too, and the, and the network's absolutely an alternative for people who just don't have cable at all. If that's the case, then it kind of makes sense because, like, look, you can't charge more than 10 because you get a lot more than 10 than just the pay-per-view. So, you know, and, and in a sense, with that logic, you kind of think, like, well, maybe I should just get a subscription for $10 then. Mm, that's right. Interesting. So, uh, crazy rumor. I think they're... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Doctor. I'm sorry. No, I, I, it just seems to me trying to go with the, um, the less... Right? Like, if, if they are going to charge so low for the... That's going to sort of make up that problem from the regular pay-per-view price in the end anyway. Um, that's the only way I can think of, you know, how this all makes sense. Yeah. But think about it this way, though. I had a conversation with a co-worker uh, at a professional development that I was doing. This is a sidebar note, but it couldn't relate to the WWE Network. And he said he wanted to get rid of his cable bill, and the only reason why he's keeping his cable bill is because of the DirecTV Sunday Ticket Network that he has with DirecTV. So let's imagine this. Let's say if football canceled their TV deal, okay, and you had to purchase, you know, whatever, football or whatever from NFL.com or NFL app, like on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and basically you could have it like what HBO is doing with HBO Go, WWE Network. Would you play like 5 to $10 subscriptions on different things and just, hey, that's, that's going to be my cable? So in, in essence, if you just pay $5 for WWE Network, and you can use other things to pay for. I imagine some people would, though. Yeah, exactly. Some people would. So, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I see it as a legit business option depending on how they execute it. Oh, I can. Y'all talking about some people would. I got an example for y'all. 
me, basic cable, which is like $20 a month, <laughs> Hulu, five, uh, Netflix, five, <laughs> H- I don't have HBO Go, but I use a, a mother's account, so I kind of slide by that. But if I didn't, you get HBO Now for, I think, 12 or $15, and I'm still under what I was paying for my Comcast like super subscription back in the day, where it was like 120 and the reason why I kind of got deterred from it, because it just kept going up. It was just like, oh, we're going to tax you for this, tax you for this. And I was just like, man, I don't watch enough TV for them to be charging me like 150 each month. So, you know, with the fact that, like, as a guy, like, I kind of, like, narrow-minded of what I watch. Sure, if I can if I can get the Sunday ticket by itself for, I don't even care, it could be $20 and everything else, I'm still roughly cutting around $50 for everything. Absolutely a great deal. And you you know what else, too? Some of these um, streaming services actually stream live TV. So, like, if you have um, the yeah, Showtime, you can watch what's on TV in different time zones right off the app. Now, is that what you mentioned when you talked? Because I remember when we were talking earlier off the air, you told us to mention Hulu, and you mentioned oh. Hulu before already. What, what did you want to add on about Hulu? Oh no no yeah this is a this is a different comment. So I was trying to catch up on Raw and Raw, you know, they said the exclusive ninety minute version of Raw. Right. So I watched all of Raw within you know the ninety minutes from the you know the bit that I missed off uh, when I caught it late on Monday. Right. But I started. I some just told me to go back and just look at the card again, and come to find out. They were, like, skipping matches. I didn't even know the Primetimes players had a match that night. Well, they was on commentary that night against, um, I mean, while the Lucha Dragons and um, New Day. Yep. And y'all, I don't know if I emphasize this enough, fans, but you know I love me some Titus O'Neil on Mike. And I could not believe that they would skip that. Like, where's the the jurisdiction on this? Like, who's the judge saying we want to skip this match? Like, all matches are important to my to my standards, you know. Cut cut the commercials, cut some of the promo a little bit, but all the matches need to be on there. And I was like, man, Hulu's getting by on that one because I'm not a fan of that at all. And that actually was probably more entertaining on the commentary and New Day's part than the match itself. I don't know about you, Dr. Emlet. That's how I felt. Oh, I agree. Yeah, every time that uh, Titus especially gets to get on the commentary, that's always entertaining. Yeah, he, he kills it. Definitely a career after wrestling, no doubt. Shout out to our man, Titus O'Neil for sure. But yeah, um, I really do think, you know, just to wrap that part up, I really do think that if, you know, if a lot of major companies with HBO obviously being one of the bigger ones to step out, if a lot more starts doing it, it, it will get, I mean, just the genius behind these $5 pay-per-views will actually add up after a while. And I think they will get more subscribers because of the fact of, of the latest report that they also lost about 13% of their subscribers as of the last couple of months. So they need something to try to like convince people back. Um, another little rumor I heard too is, uh, and I think this kind of helps as well, that they're going to start selling subscription cards in local stores where, you know, if you don't want to get a credit card or connected with your paypal they have cars that just run uh, subscriptions and i think that appeals to um you know gift cards for people and maybe yep. kids as well yep. that want to get it but they don't they you know they don't have access to this type of stuff so that you know that all that helps 
and I think that'd be very popular during the holiday season too. Like, like honestly, we're in July. Was it July 30th today, or no, July 29th? Whatever it is, I can't remember the date. Uh, July 30th. Yeah. So it, it's really right around the corner where you say, okay, boom, it's October. That's really the start of the Christmas season where a lot of people start to get their Christmas shopping going on, and that could be a huge revenue where people could say, hey. Why don't you just get one month for the WWE Network? And actually, it'll actually be two months if they do it right because if they sign up, the first month will be free. And after they use that first month, they can use that gift card to pay for the second month. So that could be a good ploy that people can use as far as gift building for the WWE Network. Indeed. I, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, and all those people that are concerned about fraud too, you know, um, that'll appeal to them if they don't have to give their credit card information. So exactly, yeah, exactly. we're definitely living in the era of fraud, and you know, in defense of that cybersecurity. So anything to kind of like keep some of your personal information off the net, I'm, I'm sure everybody's a little bit fond of, you know. And that's right. a no-brainer. They don't have to put out any money to make cards with serial numbers on the back of them, you know. Right. So right. Um. Next thing. Um, I'm going to save the beefier stuff just to the end. Any of you guys, I forget, but any of you guys fans of the WWE 2K series? Yeah, and then I mentioned, I remember you said you wanted to talk about WWE uh, 2K16. I am a fan of the series. I have not bought the series since CM Punk was on the cover. Yeah. I think that was 13. One of the better on the ones, cover. I would say. That, that, that was one of the better ones, and I think that's the last time that Ukes and THQ was developing the game yeah, yeah. to the 2K series yeah <laughs> um, and, and I was a huge fan of THQ because THQ goes way back to, yeah you know yeah. the 64 days when it was like you know those games but I, I I haven't bought it since it's been in the 2K series I'm not sure which way it's going I I, I just wasn't impressed enough to buy the product and two change you even tried to convince me to buy it yeah I did 15 but I, I just couldn't you know because I was just not sold on the, uh, my career mode. Look, I will say that um, 15, I enjoyed. I did not enjoy it as much as 14. 14 had amazing customization options, and yep. it was just an all-around, you know, more fun and better game with, you know, more movesets and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, 15, the storylines and stuff, I can get with it. I like I like being able to see what other people created, but not just, it wasn't just as good as 14. But, you know, I'm a fan of the game, and, you know, I'll give, I'll give 16 a try. I would try to do a little bit more research and seeing, um, watching Twitch to see, you know, people that get it early, the different right. options and stuff it has. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But one of the bigger announcements besides, you know, obviously the superstars they announced, um, such as, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Paige, and uh, somebody else I think it was, was the new commercial for Mr. T-800 himself, the Terminator. Like, what do you, honestly, what do you guys think about that? First of all, what do y'all, what do y'all think about the commercial? I love the commercial. You, you did see the commercial. I haven't seen this. How was the commercial, Doctor? Oh. Uh, I thought the commercial was great. Um, I especially liked uh, how... How Dean Ambrose was uh, portrayed in the commercial. Um, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was a, a good way, a good sort of promotional tool, and uh, I thought it. I thought everything came off very well. Well, I'll say this: I haven't seen the commercial, 
But if you're going to put the Terminator on there, and I understand he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, Arnold, you know, as far as recognizing it, celebrity input and more publicity for your video game, but you got to make sure you include Triple H's entrance from WrestleMania <laughs> 31 in there because I thought that was like one of the best entrances, having that Terminator theme in there. It was just classic. That was an instant classic. That's a good point. I wonder. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that thought. I, I, I'm not sure. I wonder. I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure since obviously they have the rights to, you know, the Terminator that they will play around with it at some point, you know. Um, yeah, the commercial was was great. Uh, Dean Ambrose, he did his thing in it. What makes me kind of intrigued to see his his new movie, 12 Rounds. I was about to say that. I saw the trailer for that, though. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, like. Number two, I like number one. Actually, to be to be quite frank, I, that might be the only thing I like John Cena in. It is movies. Like he does, he, he does a good job in movies to keep me interested. I didn't really like round two, but um, yeah, Dean Ambrose, just a little glimpse of his acting right there. I, I might have to check it out. So I guess you know, with his movie being released, The Terminator just in movie theaters. Um, I, I think it works for everybody in their parties. Um, I definitely like the the fact that. Um, when he analyzed everybody, he saw their stats and you know their alias, their finisher, and you know what accolades they have. So it's pretty cool. I was I was really high on the commercial for sure. On a side note, Doctor M uh, on WWE uh, thirteen when CM Punk was on the cover, that was when I was marking out because of how they brought back the European title on that video game, and they had like an all European stable with like him and Wade Barrett, Sheamus, you know. Oh, it was it was it was it was awesome. I wish okay. WWE would have pulled that trigger in real life, but they never did. Of course, of course. Uh, for our, our fans who don't uh, know, um, Celeste is a big fan of the European Championship, oh, and uh, I think he's one of many that would wouldn't mind seeing it return. And uh, Celeste, I'm still waiting on you to get yourself a European title. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. European title, I really do. And D'Lo Brown, it was like the most famous person that held that European title. Yes, he was. <laughs> protector to go with my European title, I would be in there for WrestleMania 32. Dude, that is a man. That's a good idea. I'm sorry, you really might have to put that into action. I, I like that idea. Oh, you know, man, I like it so much. I would almost want to take it. <laughs> What'd you say? As a get my European title and the chest protector. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's a. I think that's a good two hundred fifty dollars invested, man. You would get mad props for that. that And and if you go on, um, because I got my championship like right after um, things like the day after Christmas when, you know, most places have those um, big discounts after Christmas sales. Um, And when I got mine, there were I got like 20. I got free shipping plus like 20 percent off. Uh, So you might you might find a good deal like that to sell us if you try to get one like right around that time. I'm going to WWE shop right now just to just to pre-scope it as we're doing this podcast <laughs> right now, literally. Uh, I'm 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 on standby. We, we're not going to go anywhere until we get some quotes here. Okay, the, the fans want to know. I want to know. I want to know how much this is going to come up to. Because if this sounds reasonable, you have to pull the trick on this, buddy. Like literally, literally, I'm at replica belts right now. Hold on. Wait. Two chains. I we, I need you to start thinking about a belt too now. Oh, oh, if I'm gonna get any belt, I'm going corny. I want the WWE championship that spins. <laughs> and then to top it off, I'm gonna get the Latrell Speed Roll spinner shoes. Basic thugonomics. <laughs> oh my gosh, the million dollar 
Yeah, you know, Woo! Woo! That's a nice looking belt, though. Yeah. Your European belt is not on here. Not unless they're calling it the Eagle belt now. Hey, man, eBay is your best friend. Well, let me go to eBay now. <laughs> it should be it's on up. there somewhere. Somewhere, though. Yeah, no, it's the Blue Wing Eagle Championship belt. Then they have the Yellow Intercontinental NXT belt, which is 330 from 2014. The NXT, ooh, the NXT tag team belt doesn't look bad at all. Well, speaking of uh, Mr. Thugonomics himself, um, not so much as a rumor, but John Cena broke his nose to a, a vicious knee by Seth Rollins. I have to say, I'm not the biggest John Cena fan, but let me tell you how every single time, you know, I just don't like him or I have a disgust for him. He just does something that just like, you know, you, you're he's, a, he's the man, like, for real. Like, if it's not one of the making a wish from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, it's the way how he bossed out the end of that match. His nose was gone. I mean, literally, I, it was a blow. He fell to the corner. I was just like, oh, it's a rat blood everywhere. He told, you know, um... He told the the medical team he's finished it basically. They they cleaned him up to kind of stopped it, but I mean that's tough. Cut off all your 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 breathing, like I'm, I'm I got to give him his props for that for sure. Like I know Dwayne wants to throw him on the Cena fouls, but right now Dwayne is on the uh, the John Cena Cena fouls because <laughs> we got to give this man props for this, you know. Yeah, you have to respect Cena for, for getting through the rest of that match, uh, especially with as much as he was bleeding at one point. Yeah. Um, as is, is not too much to say. As you know what's so funny? The internet wastes no time for the memes or the memes, whatever you want to call them. And I saw a side-by-side comparison of him and Ben Roethlisberger and say, who did it better? I was in tears. <laughs> I was in tears. But yeah. There was one with him and uh, Wade Barrett, too. Like, who wears the broken nose better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely definitely props to him on that one. Um, hopefully, you know, it doesn't... I, I don't. It's not going to hold him out of, you know, no recordings and um, TV time. But, you know, hopefully... Maybe we'll see appearance of The Mask. You know, you, know you Cleveland fans like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine imagine if this happened two weeks ago. Could we have an angle with the mask on his face or something? <laughs> people like know. people like the mask. Amari Stoudemire made it made it hot. And I think people like the mask because it's hot and it's sweaty as it be looking on people's face. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't believe I just said Amari Stoudemire. Rip Hamilton made it hot. But but Amari did wear a mask too, but it, it, it was like basically like a goggle type mask. It wasn't like a Rip Hamilton mask. Yeah, yeah, I meant the Rip Hamilton mask. That's what I meant. I meant yeah. So yeah, find his career right here. Yeah, <laughs> actually, he had some of his better games with the mask on, huh? Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, definitely props to uh, John Cena on finishing that one. Um, I can have a quick update though. All right, so I see a Mattel European Championship like action figure belt for like fifteen dollars. And it's one for like thirty-one dollars with a twenty-one dollar shipping. I'm not sure how legit it is. It could be a fake belt. I gotta research this guy. I'm not gonna put his info about his eBay on on the podcast. But he had a positive feedback one time. I'm not sure what his other feedback is, but it's interesting. I'm gonna have to be on this European title. Hey, I can tell. I can give you some advice. I'll give a shout out to our boy Aaron at Wrestling Summit. Now that guy has about ten belts. 
I don't know if you've ever seen him at a show, but as <laughs> as, as small as he is, he wears more belt weight than body weight. Believe that. <laughs> I would definitely tell him that you're looking for it. I'm sure he has some type of connect on that. So yeah. Oh, yes. At the right price, he, he will have my interest and try <laughs> to purchase that. I will do that at the right price. That's for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Wrestling Summit and the crew. Um, You guys been hearing any more about Hogan? <laughs> uh, only thing I've been hearing is, you know, he and his uh, lawyers, I think, try, are trying to sue, what was it, Gawker? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For yeah. releasing info. So he's he's going to be tied up in, in lawsuits. Seems like every time he turns around for a while. And yeah. I would still say this, even even as an, as an African-American male, and we, we talked about this off the air, I still kind of feel bad for Hogan. I know people say comments, whether it's racially driven, uh, homophobic driven in their homes, that's kept private. And, you know, he probably thought this was in the privacy of his home. But, you know, people are not saints. People always say something of some negative way, regardless of what it is. It could be bullying. It could be whatever. You can say that in your own home or in your own head. It's just when it comes out, it's just unfortunate if you're a celebrity stature. I was looking, listening to a radio show. Um, 106.7 The Fan, which I'm a huge fan of. I listen to their morning radio show if you listen to this in the D.C. area. And they even said live on the radio that, you know, back like when the N.W.A. was, you know, prevalent, which is straight out of Compton, Shawty Hawkins, who I, I went to middle school with, uh, Eugene Burroughs alum, for those that are from the area. Um, they even said that when, when the N.W.A. songs, you know, and everybody knows what N.W.A. stands for, or white people of his his area used to do that as a term of endearment or brotherhood. Now I know it has a lot of poor history of the name, so I'm not sure you are, but it's just the fact of who interprets it of how you say it. Because you can say one thing one way, but mean a different way depending on just the context of how you say it. But so I, I really kind of feel bad for him. He's been a pioneer of the WWE. He still has some support. Where Kevin Nash came out and said that you know. Hulk Hogan has never done anything, you know, that he saw that was discriminating in his whole lifetime that he knows him. So it's just very unfortunate. Uh, as, as simple as it sounds, when it rains, it pours. Exactly. Sure does. But um, I don't know. I wanted to have faith in him that, you know, um, he's a good guy at heart and some of this stuff isn't, you know, how he truly feels, and he, you know, may have got caught up in the moment, but the more stuff keeps coming out, the worse and worse it gets. Like, I don't know, I got, I'm just, you know, like I said, when it rains, it pours. But yeah, definitely check out our last episode. We did about 40 minutes on talking about him, so definitely check that out. Um, all right, let's get into a little bit more of the juicier stuff. Um, the next thing. The former WWE diva Layla has retired. Yeah. I know uh, the the doctor, the diva's expert. Yes, he is. <laughs> Would you? How do you feel about this? Where do, where do you want to go with this one? Uh, you know, I I'm sad. I'm honestly sad to see her go, um, and I'm sad to see her go because what was it like the last what two almost three years like we really haven't seen much of her and you know i think back to i think she was at her best when she was in lay cool with michelle mccool and Mm -hmm. she had you know those 
couple runs with the women's title or, or divas title now. Yeah. And I think her character was really at its strongest at that point. And it was, it was there when, as a fan, I thought, wow, there's a lot WWE could potentially do with her. And it seems like after the Lay Cool thing ended, um, that was pretty much the end of anything major for Layla that I can remember. And I just wonder now that she's officially retired, like if WWE used her to her full potential or not. Well, it looks like the ambulance are doing their thing outside. <laughs> right, right. Just to, just to add to that, Dr. M, and, and let me think back here because you're the Divas expert. So I think she won the Divas competition or the Divas search back in 2006, and she's been in the WWE for about nine years now. And I know she had a gruesome knee injury at one point in her career that kind of slowed her down that she tried to come back for. Of course, the late cool was her her biggest aspect, and she was a Divas champion at one time. And you could tell from her days from when she was a Miami Heat cheerleader to now that she's really improved. Did you Would you say she kind of reached her max since she was a Divas champion, or you really think she could have done more? Uh, you know, I could, I could honestly go either way on that because I, I think you could certainly make the argument that uh, when she became champ, especially when uh, – Michelle McCool was still around, uh, that she was at her peak. Right, right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, again, we had just these several years where we'd barely seen her on TV. And sure. it just makes me wonder, you know, could WWE have been doing something more productive with her? And, yes, yeah, she's had her injury concerns, too. Um, but, you know, she steadily improved in the ring, too, and, I was when I saw that she retired. I was kind of looking around the internet, and I didn't realize she is almost. I know she's somewhere in like her late thirties now, right? Yeah, she is. She is. And, she came in late. Yeah, and does not look like that at all. No. <laughs> like, I I think she could easily be mistaken for much younger than she is, and so I don't know. I think uh, I think she was a, a good. She was one of the good sort of results of the diva search um, because. You know, in the past, I think the Diva search has been, you know, sometimes a little bit less than successful. Right. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I am legitimately kind of sad to see her go. But, you know, everybody has to move on at some point. And I think it seems like she's um, at peace with her decision and, you know, wanting to do different things. So all the best to her. Five years from now, Hall of Famer? Ew. Oh, man, I don't know about Hall Ew. of Famer. Uh, you know, that's what makes you the doctor. You know how to say the right things to the Divas Division. I'm sure she heard you right now. She'd be very overly thankful about that comment of her age and her looks. <laughs> the Hall of Fame thing, that's going to be tricky, though, because there's just maybe somewhere like way down the road, but there's just there's so many, especially Divas, I think, that deserve to go in way before her. Definitely, yeah. definitely not five years. Yeah. My, my vote is no on there. But, um, yeah. All right, all right. Still got a couple of more things to talk about. Um, ooh, which one next? Let's, 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 let's get off WWE just for a quick second. Quick second. Have you guys heard this rumor about Destination America? First off, um, this is not a rumor, but actually, this is what's happening with um, ROH losing their primetime slot being moved to 11 o'clock. Not sure why exactly, but yeah, 
That's that's immediately what happened this week. And upon just trying to figure out was there any method to their madness with that, I ran to another rumor basically stating that pretty much Destination America will be exiting wrestling by the end of the year, which will conclude both TNA and ROH's deal. What do you think about that? This is all just so confusing. <laughs> like, because it seemed on the one hand when they when they took on TNA and then ROH came on not that much later that, wow, this is a channel that's really trying to become like a premier wrestling channel. Yeah. And all of a sudden it seems like they've decided to do a, a 180 of sorts. And um, yeah, the ROH thing is weird because not only did ROH get moved to 11 o'clock, but it got replaced with some show about Bigfoot or something. What? Um, <laughs> because yeah. I, I was I was flipping around last night at when you, ROH used to come on, and if I remember correctly, it was a show about Bigfoot. And so I'm, somehow somebody at Destination America thinks that a show about Bigfoot is more appealing at eight o'clock than ROH. <laughs> so um, you know I. I find it all really confusing. It, it seems like they, they got people all excited about maybe this can be like a major wrestling-focused channel, and now they're going in a different direction, it seems. Mm. That's interesting, but if, if, our, excuse me, if Destination America loses out on that uh, TV deal with ROH and uh, TNA, I hope Axis TV, yes, I'm putting a plug in for Axis TV, pulls the plug and actually uh, picks up those uh, wrestling companies. Because Access TV, which I alluded to before, has some great interviews with some wrestlers. They offer some new Japan pro wrestling content. Uh, and they actually do go unedited in some portions of their shows. Um, I think that would be real good for those wrestling companies. And it's in this legit cable TV um, that if they pick it up, you know, that might bring some good revenue for both wrestling companies to try to compete. I'm not saying WWE, but on their own levels, you'll definitely get some hardcore fans to look at it. Man, I, I can I can throw out two other wild ones. I think even Spike TV should maybe make a look at this again. Just okay. maybe with the two of them together might make a little bit more sense for them. Um, catering to the next one we're going to, but if not, if Spike is completely opting out of that, um, obviously I have to put a pitch in for Fox Sports 1. I, I think that would definitely give them some looks. With them you know, taking on UFC, mm-hmm. and um, obviously a lot of wrestling fans are UFC fans, and if not, just it's a sport. Put it all on there. I, I think it makes sense for them. But do you think it's too mainstream for that type of wrestling? Oh, I mean, look, if you don't think ROH is not going to be mainstream within the next coming years, you might as well buy the stock now and get it early. Mm. That might be the publicity they need. Don't, don't, don't forget. When USC first started trying to make a big deal on TV, besides just on Spike, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago. I'm not sure how long it was now, but when um, they had their first match on Fox, and I think it was who was it? Uh, I think it was Kane Velasquez and Junior Del Santos, and it it did not get a big reaction from people, but yeah, it was on Fox and. People was looking like, what? Like, what's about to go on? It had the same NFL theme and everything. Sometimes that that's all it really takes because after that, they really been jumping off. That's true. And a lot of success. So, you know, you got to roll the dice a little bit, but 
by no mistake, ROH is they might be here to stay for real. Buy, buy, buy it wise, not hot. You know, all of us made the mistakes on not buying stock on Apple and, and Netflix now. Like, you know, buying on RH right now, get it wise, it's cheap, why it's not hot. I mean, why it's hot and cheap, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, all right. Oh, I forgot about another quick rumor right here. Any, any of you guys heard about um, any more NST call ups? I was reading something about. Enzo and Big Cass actually coming up. Don't know if it makes sense yet. Um, also hear about Enzo possibly could, could be a member of the third member of the Wyatts. Oh, man. Both both bad moves. They're not ready to come up in my opinion. <laughs> should definitely do not, do not need to be a part of Wyatt. Enzo needs to be a mic for somebody else. If you have Bray Wyatt as the mic as the Wyatt family, two mics won't work. I... Didn't even think of that. Nah, actually, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> and it's, I, here's, I'm, I'm just confused a lot lately because, um, you know, with Enzo and Big Cass, like, they've been booked kind of interestingly at NXT. Like, if, if you guys caught the episode last night, they, uh, they lost to um, Dash Wilder and some other guy whose name I'm forgetting. Um, and... It, like, it seems like it wasn't that long ago when they were number one contenders to the tag team titles, and then they lost to the Vaude Villains, and then they lost yep. again last night. And so I'm curious as to, to what WWE is doing there, because, I mean, they were without a doubt, if not the most popular act in NXT, one of them. And right. for them to kind of take all these consecutive losses on TV now, Part of me was thinking, well, maybe they're trying to write them off of NXT TV and maybe they're going to get called up to the main roster that way. But I agree with Celis. I don't think they're ready for the main roster. Um, Wrestling-wise, on the mic, probably, sure. But, um, but at the same time, they were just doing, like, main roster house shows last weekend. Yeah, sure. sure. So, um, yeah, that, that rumor might be true. Well, yeah, and you know what? Speaking of house shows, oh, do you have, you guys have anything else to say on that? No, I'm good. I'm good on that. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of house shows, a couple of uh, interesting bookings coming up with uh, uh, Brock, Chris Jericho, and Taker all being scheduled for house shows within, um, excuse me, after SummerSlam. I think the only one that's kind of not immediately after SummerSlam, I think, is. Taker, I think I saw it was in October. I think they have a book for, but still, what do you guys think about that? Um, Chris Jericho doesn't surprise me because he's always in and out of the company. Of course, he's hosting Tough Enough right now, so he might want to get some bump just to help some of the younger uh, guys uh, coming up in the fall. But uh, Taker, Taker kind of surprises me though because I guess he's trying to wrestle a little bit more now for whatever reason. But I'm not sure how to think about that. I mean, just for names and bringing more people to. To, to the house shows, but eh, it's, you can see it as a glorified practice for them. By, by the way, um, um, Chris Jericho and Brock are both booked on the same show. Okay, gotcha. So, I don't know, maybe a, they saw the chemistry from The Beast in the East and, you know, going to slightly book a, a, a modified show of, of similar, so True. <laughs> don't be... Don't be afraid if you see another Brock squash match again. <laughs> right, exactly. I know exactly. Kofi didn't. I know Kofi didn't put his chips in for that one. No. 
But hey, what about if it was now? This is not a rumor. This is speculation. But hey, what about if uh, Kevin Owens actually bit off more than he can bark, and actually gets booked for a match with Brock on the house that, show? That would be fun to watch. Because you you know he's been calling for him. He said that's that's who he wants. Not not you know in interviews, but yeah, I think I think that can make some noise right there. And, and maybe Jericho. Is that who Daniel Bryan wanted, though? Who Brock? Yeah, didn't he want Brock at one time? Yeah, everybody wants Brock. Yeah, yeah everybody wants Brock. Yeah, because they know he's the sale. He, you, you talk Brock, you want to watch it. But Daniel Bryan, I don't know. I, I've also heard that he might be cleared by the end of the year. So who knows? Who knows? Might be just in time to be booked for uh, WrestleMania if he's cleared by January. Might be like on the same type of plan they had Roman Reigns on last year. True, true. Yeah, but um, I think Jericho's obviously the the, inter- the more interesting of the three because I mean, Taker, who it's going to be a squash. Brock is going to be a squash, maybe, maybe. But Jericho's obviously going to be put there to work, young talent to make them. And who knows? Could it be a tough enough competitor? Right. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, if it is, Jericho can sell a good match. He's not. He's he's definitely going to go over, but. You know, that might be the test. Like, hey. That's true. And this is a house show, so it kind of works. And it's going to get some eyes because you're going to say, you know, who, who is it going to be? ZZ Tanner or, um, ugh. I forget the other guy now. Just talk about him. Josh. Yeah. ZZ Tanner or Josh. Which which one of you three? Like, who's going to run the ropes for Jericho? Oh, and, you know, who knows? But we'll uh, see. I don't want to see any of them, though. Uh, Somebody has to, to win. Fight. Josh, I'll pick Josh. That's what I think. That's what I'm picking too, man. But whatever, uh-huh. all three can lose for all I care. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So looking over my quick notes. Oh yeah, my last two things we're gonna talk about is all right. Guys, want to talk Taker or Steen first? Oh. oh, 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 let me, I forgot, I forgot, I got to slide in one more, one more interesting booking. The Arrow is booked for August 10th Raw. Did you see that or hear that? Yep, did hear that. I'm actually excited about that. I hope, I hope they actually do a triple threat match with Neville. I think Neville has earned his way to be in this team, so I hope they do a triple threat match. Uh, I don't see, I don't see it being a triple threat match because they're booking... Well, here's an interesting thing. We're going to go right into Sting after this just because. Um, the interesting thing is they're booking Neville as a superhero. Um, obviously, the Arrow is a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. But, and and on this note, we know that uh, Stardust is, is a heel, and he right. will be booked as a villain, so that works there. So you try, you, you start thinking like, okay, who could be another villain? And I'm not, I, 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 I don't have any suggestions or clues on that. So I, I was kind of working like, are they going to let the Arrow work an entire match against Stardust? Does that work, or does he just come in to save, you know, um, Neville if that's who his opponent's going to be? But then. I read this other rumor, which was just mind-blowing how I did not pick this up. I don't know if y'all, like, really been looking into context clues or not, but they've been calling the Arrow 
sort of say, <laughs> you guys are going to say, oh, as soon as I say this, they've been booking the arrow on, or mentions of him, not as a superhero, but as a vigilante. So, and we know who they've been talking about is the vigilante since he's been there. So, what, what do you what do you make of all of this? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I on one hand, like it's it's kind of hard for me to see Sting sort of involved in anything with Stardust and Neville right now. Maybe with Stardust. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, honestly. <laughs> as as a Cody Rhodes fan, the only way I can see Sting being involved in this match if he wants to give the ultimate, ultimate rub to Cody on behalf of Dusty. And I'm talking about back in the WCW days, you know, where Sting and Dusty probably had some, you know, you know, not direct mentions, but just a close-knit Bond family that WCW had back in the day. That's the only way I can see this is Sting doing the ultimate rub in honoring of Dusty. Um, but of course, regardless, I, I can't see Stardust winning in this match at SummerSlam anyway. But I think it will elevate him with the loss with this type of feud, hopefully. Because I'm just speaking as a, as a Cody fan. Because Cody deserves it. I mean, not just speak on Dusty or saying, like, you know, Dusty died. That's why he deserves this push. But Cody has just been working hard, you know, his whole career. And I think he, he deserves it. You know... I'm thinking that um, Neville does not get booked for this match, but Neville actually is basically the lead up for um, the Arrow versus Stardust one on one, and Sting makes his appearance to help out Arrow to to um, give give him the win. I, I don't think Cody Cody does definitely will not. I'm sorry. Stardust, because we're not going to call him Cody because he gets mad. <laughs> oh, true, true. Sorry, sorry. But Stardust does not look bad losing or winning at all in this match. The promos he's been cutting as of recently has been flawless. I, yep. I, I could care less, you know, who who wins the match. The, yep. the, the promos have been flawless. And the promos afterwards will be just as good. Yep. But um, I think that's how that's going to get booked. I could be wrong. I, I don't think the creative knows how they want to use Sting because the Sting rumors has been – all crazy like you know they're saying hey he's gonna be a third member uh he's gonna be basically part of the shield or you know i don't know a bunch of whole bunch of this other crazy stuff but but two chains if you think about arrow and and, and stardust opening SummerSlam with a sting appearance to help that would be an awesome way to open the show i wouldn't say opening but i i, I would definitely give them like second or third match would be interesting yeah, openings, you know, openings the tone setter. Cody, um, he definitely could set a tone, but I'd rather it be some type of like I don't know, Wade Barrett, Sheamus match or something in the beginning. <laughs> you mean we know Sheamus like to be first, obviously. Yeah. So, I don't know anything else y'all been hearing about Steve? Not on my end. Um, uh, nothing other than the the Shield thing. Um, yeah. yeah, it would be interesting to see if he does get involved. With Co- with Stardust in any way, although it would just be so tricky trying to book that though, because you know how do you go from a major angle with Triple H at WrestleMania to an angle with Stardust? Like, yeah. I mean, it, they, it can be done. W, the creative team can do anything, it seems, but like that would just be tough. I think. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, 
What I, the couple of other things I heard about him is um, he's not scheduled to be to make an appearance at SummerSlam. Um, he will be at the Access, you know, doing autographs. But that that'll be on Saturday, and mysteriously on Sunday he has he's scheduled to make an appearance at some form of a Comic Con convention. And the timing they have him scheduled for, I think, was ten to three, which leaves him plenty of time to make an appearance at SummerSlam. So who knows, you know? That's interesting. Who knows? Interesting. Who knows? Well, our last rumor for tonight before we close it out is with The Undertaker. Now, I'm going to lead y'all into this one again. Okay. There's been a rumor that the WWE wants as their guest performer for WrestleMania 32, Lim Biscuit. <laughs> and Lim Biscuit. <laughs> Basic, I'm sorry, Fred Durst of Limbiscuit basically stated that no, he, he didn't want to do it because of the WWE now is explicit, explicit, and he's not basically feeling it. Right. But with them wanting him this far out, I'm not even going to, like, I can go off the limb. I know Limbiscuit is not really hot right now. Haven't really heard much from him. Used to be a big fan, have not heard much from them. But for them to be this far out to be rumored to want them, it's very, very mysterious, side eye, creepy eyes, wandering eyes. Like, there's something about this that's real trickling to me. Like, really? This far out, y'all trying to book Limb Biscuit? We're not talking about, I don't know, Jay Z or I don't Taylor Swift. You know, what do you guys think of that? And you know, put one and two together right now. Do you think all of this is making some bigger picture? <laughs> When the Undertaker returned, and I was the first person to say about some about his hair, and you two changed. Remember, you used to uh, laugh at me about it when I used to talk about that hair. The first thing I thought about when he came out was he looked like when he was the American Badass gimmick, you know, back in the Attitude Era. And and if you want to bring that back just one more time before you call it a career, I would be in favor of it because that was an element of the Attitude Era, especially I guess during that 0102 phase. Mm-hmm. When you had, um, it was WCW versus WWF to see who was going to be, or the evasion angle. I mean, it, it still was a popular time and an attitude angle for him to switch up his character. So if he did pull that off one more time, I wouldn't be opposed to it. What about you, Doctor? Yeah, I have I have long wanted Undertaker to go back to that gimmick, at least for a little while. Um, because, yeah, it was a, a major part of the Attitude Era at one point, and seems like for almost a, over a decade now he's been sort of his dark you know dead man character which 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 is obviously iconic right but i i was always a fan of the uh undertaker's biker gimmick and uh i would i would definitely be for him bringing that back and i mean what better place to do it than wrestlemania in, in texas right so exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah it's it is interesting to with the whole limp biscuit thing Although, part of me also thinks that WWE is just trying, with this being the big WrestleMania 32, trying to break attendance records, they're, they're yep. trying to nail a bunch of stuff down just super early. Yep, exactly. You know, I agree. I'm, I, I will be for the look, the character change, the gimmick. I, I will be for that. I will be for Limp Bizkit performing a whole, you know, reincarnation of previous years. However... 
the problem with this with me is now the Sting Undertaker match does not make sense to me. You know, because the the match is because obviously they wouldn't mind working against each other. I think they're going to build it as the true. You was this guy in WCW. I was this guy in WWE. And, you know, we pretty much were counterparts to each other. So that's the book. And I think they was going to go with it. But if the Undertaker is not the Undertaker, you know, the dead man Undertaker, then it doesn't make sense. It makes sense against against Brock. I'm for that. But he's already going against Brock, unless they're getting ready to do another trio. But if then, if then if they do another trio, that means the Sting Undertaker match won't happen at WrestleMania. It's going to happen maybe before, if if at all. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could be interesting. I think that's the third biggest pay per view. Either that, or they uh, they make Sting go back to his what, like nineteen ninety three WCW, <laughs> where he had like <laughs> where he had like the blonde hair and uh, oh man, face paint. yeah, oh, the whole yes. yeah, okay, right, and and then if that's the case, then SummerSlam should have been outside on the beach, like an old Bash of the Beach pay per view. Yeah, bring back the blue cage. How about that? Yeah, Rick, like, a Ric Flair like versus cage. the old Sting match. Give us that, you know, <laughs> with the blue cage. And even the old uh, classic WWE trademarks or whatever, you know, yeah. like the throwback days. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. They did They did Raw old school and Sting came out that way. I will be yes. done. I will be done. <laughs> with a blue cage match. Yeah. <laughs> blue cage match, yes. Absolutely. Well... You guys, got any other rumors you want to add or input before we wrap this up? I think the only other thing is, um, and you know, this is coming from somebody who's pretty much given up watching TNA, but I have been uh, looking at um, what's happening, I guess, with the whole Global Force storyline. Oh, yeah. Um, and I guess they're, one of the rumors is that TNA and Global Force are basically going to be the same promotion, um, which to me it just sounds it's just absurd. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with that, but uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's getting messier and messier for TNA. Yeah. So basically, I did read that a little back. Um, I'm trying to remember a couple of other things about it. Um, basically. Global Force is going to be booked as heels, and it's going to basically be Global Force versus TNA with Bobby Lashley leading TNA and um, something else about that as well. But, yeah, you know, it it might be worth a look or whatever, but it's still TNA. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I think a new new, uh, TNA King of the Mountain uh, was uh, crowned as well too in the recording. I think it was a uh, Bobby Roode that was yeah that's the new King of the Mountain. So um, I think they're starting off basically with Jeff Jarrett calling him out and starting a few, but they're basically booking all of uh, Global Forces Hill. So we will see. I was just about to say, man, watching the, uh, an invasion between TNA and Global Force would be just as good as watching the King of the Mountain. Just a hot mess. 
Well, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, I mean, he called him out, and he pretty much saying he wants his, you you know, he, he got something of his, and he wants it back, so. Yeah, sure. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, if, uh, Salas, anything to add for tonight? Uh, just not on my end. I'm just interested to see uh, how they're going to continue with this, this Divas angle. And out of the, the three groups that are formed, I, I'm just interested to see what they're going to use as far as uh, how they're going to promote who's going to be the next champion. Because they're doing a lot of Sasha Banks vignettes. And she made Paige tap out twice, I believe. So what are they really trying to do? Are they going to make a triple threat match? Are they definitely going to change hands with the Divas title? Is Sage going to be the runner from this company? Or are they going to switch it up to Charlotte? I'm just interested to see where they're going with that. I, I think my, my guess is that everybody is just going to be a... Um, a uh, a three-person triple threat match. Um, all of the call-ups have all had their promos cut each of the weeks. Right. So, you know, if you've seen Sasha Banks, um, Charlotte was first, um, then yeah. Sasha Banks, and then um, Becky Lynch. So I think everybody's getting their chance. So I think they're distributing it kind of even. Everybody's pretty much losing to um, submission matches, right. uh, submissions. So, you know, who knows? I thought another thing that was kind of interesting was, uh, was that on SmackDown last week, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, um, Nikki did not wrestle her match. She said she had an emergency and Brie had to wrestle the match. There's been no other details about it, but who knows? Maybe it's just an angle for a show. Who knows? Not going to spend too much time on that one. But, yeah. But, yep, that will wrap up our rumors segment tonight. We'll catch y'all guys later. Alright guys, you know what time it is. Welcome back to the Big Go Belt Podcast. Two chains here with fellow co-hosts Dr. M and Silly Salad. Tonight, we're pretty much just going to cover Raw and just, you know, all the wrestling promotions that we watched over the week. Um, all of us obviously got a chance to see Raw. Um, Raw and SmackDown. Um, I watched a little bit of NXT, but the doctor himself watched it all. And Sellers got to cover a little bit of all weight. So, you know, we're going to go across the board a little bit and uh, talk about that. Um, I will say I did not get to see Lucha Underground, or neither of us did. But uh, I was talking to a co-worker of mine. He was kind of telling me what was happening. And I thought this was really intriguing. So, correct me if I'm not politically correct on this. But um, he was telling me how they're coming up with some type of, you know, um, gimmick. Because we know Lucha Underground is pretty much all about their um promotions and you know how does it look visually and all that other stuff and i think that's pretty cool it's hard to kind of keep up with but i i, I kind of like their visuals and all that other stuff but um pretty much they having some type of lead up to their main show which is called lucha ultimo ultima lucha and what happens is each one-on-one singles match or something he was telling me is that they're if you win they give you some type of like symbol or some type of like i don't know the way how you made it described to me just to be totally honest it may seem like if you win a one-on-one match or some type of special match they give you like a dragon ball then once you collect all the dragon balls then you get a chance to do whatever one make like one wish or 
one special event or something like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit on it later. But I just thought, like, when I heard that, I was like, uh, you know, sounds a little intriguing, but still not enough to really, really make me want to watch it. And it, and it kind of, like, falls in an awkward time slot to watch everything. So I don't know. But, yeah, I think I think – I think all of us need to just take a look on that so we can bring that up just a little bit because uh, it sounds kind of it sounds kind of intriguing just just a little bit. Uh, another comparison, and this kind of makes me feel old, but when I was younger on Saturday morning cartoons, after all the cartoons went off, which means around like twelve thirty, this show that I was super in love with sounds just like what they're doing, and the show was called WMC Masters. Did any of y'all guys watch that? Yes, no. yes, 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 loved it. Hakeem Austin. Yes, yes, there you go. Yes, yes. See, you know, I love when my nerdgasm gets plucked a little bit. Side note, two chains. All right, so when I was younger, I a little side note about Sydney Sellers. I'm black on the Taekwondo, and I stopped when I was at age of 10. It was the first woman's champion on that show. Her name was Black Widow. It was uh, Lynette Love. She was my... Uh, Taekwondo instructor when I was younger and she was the first woman's champion before I forgot what the woman's name that beat her um, that got up there and she was on the show for the majority of the time but she was the first WMAC Masters Women's Champion on that show. She was a black widow. Hmm. That's... Man, I don't know. I probably would have been starstruck for real. The machine yes. I mean Tsunami, Red Dragon. Uh, Red Dragon was actually Scorpion in the original Mortal Kombat. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, um, the doctor, how that show worked is it was a martial arts show, and you pretty much um, put them in different surroundings and backgrounds, kind of like a Mortal Kombat feel. And, um, you know, you fight the, the putties, we'll say, just like Power Rangers. <laughs> And then once they're eliminated, oh, when you take a certain amount of hits, you lose power or your your power gauge as they, uh, like, they had the effects for it or whatever. But basically, I think if you took, like, five or six hits, you pretty much was considered eliminated. They had judges that scored it. But yeah. once you de- defeated the um, the putties or the soldiers or whatever, then you fight the other guy that's in the environment with you. And whoever you basically beat, you get their shrine or their, their form of martial arts that they represent. And when you collect all of them, then you fight the master who has the belt. Yep. So, you know, that's what the Lucha, that's what the Lucha Underground is kind of giving me. Like, I, I believe this show is on Netflix. I know I've seen it somewhere and I was like, wow. So, I don't know. If you really want something to just kind of like go back and look just to see what we're talking about. WMAC Masters, like it's on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Yo, yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely on YouTube. Yeah, um, I was so in love with that show. Like, I did not know how to act. Like, I really like Power Rangers, but once this came on, this is where I used to get yelled at. Cause I was like, boy, you better sit down. Cause I was in the, I was in the house doing all types of stuff. Like, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you know, let's kick it off talking about Raw. Um, Raw pretty much started off with. The authority coming out, Stephanie, Triple H, and Seth Rollins. And um, they pretty much was talking about the matches that was going to be for the night. Seth Rollins comes out, talk about how he's the best WWE champion of all time. John Cena eventually comes out and shuts him up and then challenges him for his belt. And 
the crowd is all chanting yes, like they want it to happen. And Stephanie's, you know, aided it on with the yes chance. And then she goes over to John Cena and basically saying, well, I'm sorry I have bad news for you. This is not going to go down. Like, you you know, like Seth Rollins say, you need to wait your turn. You have to earn this. And then, you know, Triple H cuts a little small promo basically saying like, hey, you know, you're right, but I think this should happen. He said, but instead, Seth Rollins will be fighting for the U.S. championship. And, I, you know, I thought it was cool. It's, it's whatever. Uh, I, 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 I kind of like the, the, you know, the beginning of it. And I, I still don't know how they're going to book Seth Rollins for SummerSlam, but obviously it's looking like it's going to be John Cena. But we'll, we'll get more into them uh, by the end of this. So, but yeah, the first match was the Big Show versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, Sellers said he did not like this match, and I have to say I disagree. Now, 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 tell us why? Why didn't you like this match? Uh, you know, as I told you guys off the air, I, I feel like Dean Ambrose—they don't know what to do with him as far as WWE creative. He was in one of a good or a good epic match or a series of matches with Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight Title and almost teased a sneaky victory. For the title, but now it seems like we're pushing him back down to the mid card where he's getting beat by the big show. And I, I just don't know where they're going with this character. It's like they don't know if they want to put him in the main event, they don't know if they want to put him in the mid card. It's just, it's just hard to book him right now. And he's one of the hottest faces right now when it comes to single performers. So that's why I don't like what they're doing with him. Be consistent. I mean, like I said before we started recording, I like the story they're telling with Dean Ambrose to never die, never quit. Mentality. He took vicious blows by the Big Show the whole match, and um, he just would not give up. And he eventually lost by countout. But like I said, I thought the match was really good, and um, it just, it, like I said, it told a good story that made you just keep want to keep watching. Because like Dean Ambrose, you're right; he's he's definitely one of the hottest, and um, I like I would like to see how they're gonna you know eventually. Give him his big push again because he he deserves one of the best workers in WWE. But aside of that, I mean, it's just the big show. Don't don't take it too serious, you know. It's just like I said, it just showed him that he has the never die mentality. And I I thought it was good. It was a good match. I was I was interested. What about you, Doctor? What you how you felt about that match? I mean, I wasn't I wasn't too thrilled about the. I mean, the match itself was okay. I wasn't too thrilled about the result. But um, I agree with you too, James, in that I think, um, well, no, I know Ambrose is definitely one of the better workers in WWE right now. And I think it's just the issue with him now is that WWE is so invested, obviously, in in trying to do big things with Rollins as the champ. And they're also trying to um, kind of slow build um, Roman Reigns right now. And so... Dean Ambrose essentially just has to wait his turn. And I'm almost starting to think that Dean Ambrose might one day end up sort of like how Shawn Michaels eventually got to the WWE title. You know, Shawn Michaels is in the WWE for years, you know, having great matches, feuds and whatnot. And it was a while before he finally won the WWE title at, what was that, WrestleMania 12? Um, And I could see Dean Ambrose having a moment like that. It may be a few years down the road, but I could see him finally, you know, after all these years of showing how good of a worker he is and coming just close but not quite getting over the hump 
I can see him finally doing it at a WrestleMania. Maybe like Michaels did. Huh, maybe like Daniel Bryan did. Or yeah, for Daniel Bryan. There you go. Yeah, so that's an interesting point. Definitely, I, I definitely can see that. But uh, I don't know. So I, I think you need to watch it again because you know the Big Show. He's not. It's the Big Show. But just to see how Dean Ambrose has kept taking um, the uh, what, what does he call this finishing now? The I don't know. The big punch, <laughs> whatever it is, he took a couple of those in some good spots, and he just kept getting up. He and he kind of he, he um, kicked out from a choke slam. So I don't know, but yeah, moving on so so we could get through this kind of quick. Uh, the next match was Neville versus Fandango. Um, hey, what can you say? Neville's Neville, Fandango's Fandango. Uh, Neville actually won, hitting the red arrow with a three count. Um, nothing interesting here. Typical regular match. Um, but once again, Stardust cuts a promo afterwards, asking him to be his hero. And I guess, like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Stardust promos have been stellar. I like, I like the build. No matter how they eventually decide to book his match, I like promo work by Stardust in great homage to his father because this is might be some of the best promo work going on right now. I told you, don't sleep on my boy Stardust. I, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm telling you, he's going to be a great one. Yeah, he's nailing his character for sure. Yeah. So, um, what was after that? Uh, oh. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say something funny. The next match was the Sasha Banks versus Paige match. Um, this was good, and the Divas Revolution has been the main attraction for Raw as of the recent weeks. Right. Um, what you what do what do you, what do you guys have to say about this before I say anything? Diva expert, you go ahead, man. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I I will just agree with you two, James. It was a good match. Um, I mean, a couple spots were a little clunky, and I'm I'm just gonna blame that on Paige because. Uh, I'm a Sasha Banks fan, but uh, but no, overall it was a good match, and you know it, it it really just let us as fans see what these women are capable of if they're given enough time to actually do what they've been trained to do. Uh, I know I I will just join what seems like a lot of people on Twitter in that somebody needs to work with Paige on not being so audible when she's calling moves in the ring. Yes. Because um, it seemed like on Monday night in particular, I was just picking up like several times where she was, you know, directing Sasha to do stuff. And I just, I don't know if Paige realizes how, how, how she's getting picked up by the mic, but it's starting to be more obvious the more I watch her. Oh, you're so right. Oh, I almost forgot about that. Yes, indeed. I had a huge problem with how Paige worked this match. Paige was so obvious in her communication, like everything. I remember it was one point where um, um, Sasha Banks went for that uh, that corner move she does when she kind of like springs boards with them with them propped up in the corner. She mm-hmm. went for it again. And right before that happened, um, I remember her, She uh, Paige bent over and they both had their hair over their face. But you could obviously see they was talking to each other. And I was just like, oh, so they get ready to, you know, finish this match. 
But absolutely, Paige was being definitely heard on mic, and she was blowing it. She was blowing it over and over. And to to her defense, you know, I understand that they both, they, um, excuse me, Sasha Banks is probably still trying to get the jitterbugs out, but Paige has got to do a better job with that. For real. I, maybe, maybe she's going deaf because she's yelling throughout the, the whole match, so now she don't really know where her normal tone is, you know? But yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that, and I was like, oh, I got to say something about that, because I was just like, come on, Paige, like, you're 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 on everything now. You're on Total Divas. You're on Tough Enough. You're basically the leader of the revo- the Divas Revolution. Like you you have to be top tier. Don't let the new blood catch up to you quick because they're coming. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the next match, which thanks to Hulu, I did not get to see, was the Lucha Dragons versus the Los Matadores. So one of you guys tell me. <laughs> How was this? What happened? Huh? Is there anything to talk about? <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't anything to talk about in the match itself. The most entertaining aspect was, you know, Titus O'Neil being on the mic commentary, and Dr. Amber probably agree with me on that. That was the most entertaining aspect. But in addition, um, the New Day, they're just so over to me. When they come out and do their thing, they're just... They're just awesome. The way Kofi does his clap, yes, so yes. hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, and, and I think WWE or he is recognizing that it is so over. Like it is so funny every time they do that. Um, so I, I, I just thought it was very good as far as that aspect. But only that aspect was about thirty seconds to one minute of the whole match. Other than that, everything else was forgettable to me. Well, I know for one thing, yeah, my, when Titus is on on mic. He is the man, so I don't know. Well, I guess I won't be watching it because Hulu decides that that's not an important match. So to make their 90-minute quota, they have to cut a whole match? Like, cut some pro- promos, cut your uh, commercials. I know y'all got to pay bills, but come on now. You can't cut a, a match just to make the time. Like, that doesn't make no sense. But, yeah, the next match was uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte versus Nikki Bella and Alicia Fox. Um, the one thing I could take from this match with Becky Lynch and Charlotte picking up the win here was Alicia Fox sustaining a concussion. Did any of you guys see the spot? Alicia Fox had a rough night um, <laughs> because uh, I think we were we were getting started with our most recent podcast when that match was on. And so I was kind of in and out of it, but um, there were at least two spots in the match. Uh, There was one time where it looked like uh, Becky Lynch basically just fell on Alicia's head. Um, And then there was another spot too, which just looked, Alicia didn't land right or something. And uh, so I'm not surprised that she got a concussion uh, because it, just looked like nothing went right for her in that match on Monday. So, yeah. um, here's hoping that you know she's able to get back quick. Yeah, I think the same. I'm, I think we're talking about the same thing as far as what I seen as far as her taking that bump. So, uh, I haven't heard much more about um, the reports on that. But uh, yeah, I, I think that was pretty much the same spot I was talking about where she took it from Charlotte. So. What about you, Sal? Anything you want to say about this, sir? Nah, Dr. M put it on the head, so nothing for me to add. Yeah. 
Um, the next interesting match was Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton. Um, I thought this match was pretty much slow, and at some point I just was kind of uninterested. Uh, eventually, it got interrupted by Sheamus, and then eventually uh, um, Cesaro came out. And, yeah, that was pretty much it. <laughs> I uh, yeah I don't I don't have anything much more to say about that so and then uh, eventually the last match of the night was John Cena versus Seth Rollins which I'm just gonna say that to cut straight to the chase that Seth Rollins landed a nasty knee on John Cena's nose and I was just like oh man like. I knew it was troubling. He fell right down, and it was blood everywhere. Ugh. Um, not the biggest John Cena fan, but kudos to him for finishing that match, being a, a bloody mess and maybe cutting off his breathing. But uh, he did his thing. What you, what's your guys' take on this? Yeah, I've seen broken noses before, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Like, especially, I don't know if you guys caught um, WWE.com. It wasn't too long after Raw went off the air when they they had pictures of Cena backstage. And uh, like I said, I don't think I've ever seen a broken nose that looked like that before. So um, you you have to respect Cena for um, for gutting that out uh, because... I think 2 Chains is right. Obviously, he couldn't have been able to breathe through his nose anymore and to still go, what was it, at least, like, three to five more minutes with mm-hmm. Rollins in the ring. Like, you have to respect him for that. The match wasn't even that bad at all. I mean, it was a decent match, even though some people make gripe about how Seth Rollins went under in that match. But once again, he had nothing to lose. He had everything to, to gain. So, I mean, it, it, it still was a good baseline point for them to continue to feud. I'm just not sold on why Cena has to be back in the WWE title again. Um, but it wasn't a bad match. And, and when these guys do touch in the, in the ring, it always do have good matches. So it, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, my my take on it for sure is that um, John Cena is definitely tough. Um, JBL said he was tough. He's, he, this, this guy is the epitome of an everyday hard worker. And this right here is what it's going to have to take for for him to pass the torch to somebody to see these marks just like this with Cena. Um, I don't know. Like it's, it's hard because I'm not totally a fan, but when I see stuff like this, it's hard. Like how am I not a fan? Like, I don't know. Like you got to appreciate the craft of this guy for real. Um, and yeah, he did pick up the win by making Seth Rollins tap out. So, and not to mention, he told the medics and uh, or the, the training crew, like, hey, I'm finishing this. They kind of wiped him up to stop the bleeding. And I'm sure they didn't want, you know, none of the blood and stuff on TV. But uh, he finished it up. And like the doctor said, it was about five more minutes, and he, he did it. So had to give him his props for that, for sure. But, yeah, that, you know, that pretty much wrapped up Raw. No, nothing too much going on, you know. Uh, nothing that really built anything towards SummerSlam, so to say. But, uh, yeah, one of those just, I guess, kind of, like, watch it just because it was on type of Raw. It, it's, it was okay. Nothing special. But, uh, yeah, now we'll move on to uh, 
NXT where I briefly watched it as well as the doctor being able to watch it. So we'll go down that. Yeah, so uh, NXT, uh, as usual, was uh, loaded with, for the most part, solid matches, although we had some squashes in there, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had um, we started off with uh, what many people would argue is one of the most popular acts in NXT, Enzo and Big Cass, losing to Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Um I'm I'm a little conflicted about this because, I mean, Wilder and Dawson are are good wrestlers, but uh, yeah, you know, one of the most popular acts in NXT to have them sort of take these consecutive losses, I'm, 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 I'm a little confused by that. I don't. What do, What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, like Enzo, Enzo and Cass, I have high hopes for, but. It just shows about their inconsistent wrestling in-ring ability. Mm-hmm. And when we still think about entertainment business, and even though it's a WWE and, and they're entertainment first, you got to know how to wrestle. you got to yeah. be consistent in your wrestling. And that's where, especially more Enzo than Kaz, it shows this inconsistency. Granted, he's a smarter guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have that many movesets. So I, I just feel that that's what hinders him from being called the quarter to the main roster. Yeah. Yep, and that's just, that's just what I was going to say. I don't know. Maybe they're going to, you know, take a, a lot of loss to the point where they end up just eventually coming over to the main roster as if that's going to be their transition. But right. I agree with you, Doctor, as well as, as too. Like, they, I feel like they, they need to be a little bit more polished, but who knows how they're going to do this, you know. I think one of the biggest things to consider here is that another substantial tag team does need to come up to the main roster. So, I, I don't yeah, know. that's true. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, it, it seems like a lot of people in the internet wrestling fans, you know, seem to think that Enzo would probably be best as a manager yep. going forward. Yeah. Um, and I, I would agree with that. Uh, Big Cass definitely has potential, but even he needs to be polished, uh, I think, quite a bit more. Very good. Um, yeah. so, so we'll see what happens with them. I hope for the best because, you know, <laughs> like I said, I think they're one of the best things in. NXT and WWE, for that matter, today. Um, so next we had another Baron Corbin squash match. Um, <laughs> this one, however, was against uh, TNA. Well, formerly Jesse Sorensen from TNA. Uh, so it was it was good to see him on TV again. Um, for the fans who may not remember, Jesse Sorensen was at one point kind of a rising star in TNA's X division, then he got a pretty nasty neck injury um, in a match with, um, uh, what's his name, Shima Zion, or Zima Ion, I should say, um, and basically disappeared for the most part after that. So it was good to see him back on TV, although he got squashed in only a few seconds. Um, so take that for what you will. Uh, then we had Jason Jordan and Chad Gable against uh, two people whose names I honestly can't remember. I know one of them was Elias Sampson. Um, the other guy was, the, was really the first time I think I was seeing him on NXT television. Um, but uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable came out on top. Um, you know, I got, I, got, I got something about them too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their gimmick is to play like they don't really, you know, really cool with each other or whatever it may be. 
But it's not resonating with me good at all. Like, and Jesse that's Jordan... That's what I was about to say, too. And, and let me ask this to you, James, just so you can elaborate on your point. What do you think about Jason Jordan? I mean, he's a great size athlete, but I'm not sold on him as a legit good wrestler. <laughs> not at all. But I'm, I'm not... Look, I'm... I'm not going to judge a book by its cover, but I'm just that obviously I I, I wouldn't even want to say that, but yeah, there I don't know. I don't like much about how them two are together at all. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I, I can do without. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling it either. I mean, I think at one point when I first saw Jason Jordan, I was like, okay, this guy has potential, but uh. I'm starting to not really believe it that yeah. much anymore. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, but, you know, maybe maybe there will be a turnaround. Uh, then we had Charlotte against Dana Brooke, uh, which to me, and 2 chains, we'll see how you, you feel about this, but to me it was a big disappointment uh, because it seemed to me like ever since Dana Brooke first started getting on TV, they were really building her up as someone who could be a major challenge to not only Charlotte, but, you know, any of the divas um, on NXT. And she got beat by Charlotte in like three minutes. Yep. Um, And it, a lot of the match was very one-sided too. So I don't know. I found that pretty disappointing. Um, I I, I, I like Dana Brooks promo against Charlotte and, you know, the angle that she's going with that as far as saying, like, why not her and all this other stuff. And, um, I mean, that's as good as that got because Charlotte pretty much said, hush up. I'm better than you, basically. But I, the match didn't, it didn't do it for me. Um, it makes sense on, on how they're booking this, but as far as the match, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, if Charlotte had a choice, she probably was like, like, I don't have time for this no more, you know? <laughs> I got somewhere to go. So that's that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, not the, the, the next match kind of felt the same to me, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We had a, a Kevin Owens appearance on NXT. Um, and he faced... Actually, it really doesn't matter who he faced. Uh, because uh, that, that match was, was very quick as well. And, I mean, in one sense, it was nice to see... Kevin Owens get a decisive victory because it seems like he's basically when he's not tapping out to Cena, he's involved in like DQ finishes or something. Yeah. On Raw. And so it was good to see him get a victory and um get some sort of momentum going for his match with uh Finn Balor coming up in Brooklyn. But uh yeah, another squash match there. Uh and then finally we had the tag team title match, the Vaude Villains against Blake and Murphy. I thought this was a solid match for the most part. Um, Alexa Bliss gets involved, mm-hmm. or got involved, I should say, at the end of the match and um, ultimately helped cost the Vaude Villains the belts. Um, I like what they're doing with um, Blake and Murphy and Alexa. Um, I know I was a little surprised when she joined Blake and Murphy back at the last NXT takeover but I, I like how they've been been building that team I have to but, s- go ahead I was just going to ask what you all think about it 
Oh, yeah. I have to say that one thing, a little bit off topic, is that I really like how the NST has decided to take an interest into building better interests for people. Yes. And the Vault Villains' interests, is, I'm totally for. Now, oh, yeah. a lot of it, I will say, like, as much as it works for NST, it does not necessarily mean it's going to resonate on the main roster is good. Yeah. A- Adam Rose, to be to be exact. Mm-hmm. But the Vault Villains, I'm definitely feeling on that note. Um, as far as this match... I kind of felt how they felt that and kind of disappointed sitting up. Like I really wanted them to win, but maybe just not yet, as 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 it always is. But um, yeah, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of subscribed to this to this little feud that's going on. And and that kind of actually sets me up for our perfect segue. And please stop me if I'm making this segue too early because I think the Vaude villains, if there was an ROH. They would be, uh, you know, appreciated so much more, especially with that entrance, the way their their wrestling style is. I'm huge, huge fans of the Vaude Villains, and I, mm-hmm. I really think, you know, if they was an ROH, I, I I really think it'd probably be the best tag team, you know, on in the company. See, I really think so. The reason why you think that, and I think the same way about it, is because you know that ROH uses characters and tag teams much better than the WWE. Yes, that's that's what it is, and not to mention, that's not a bad you know guess with going with that. But at the same time, you have to wonder like, hey, if you let this cage bird out, how is it going to turn? You know, right, right. And with them leaving, you know, if if they was on an indie promotion such as ROH, you know, would they be able to adapt to being able to have and utilize more move sets and. I will. I will have to put my chips down on yes, and, and that's an intriguing factor to think about as it is. So, absolutely, though, um, I, I could definitely see where you're going at with that. Yeah. Definitely, and I, I would trans, transcend because uh, I did get a chance to you know check out ROH, and I, I'm only going to hit ROH on two aspects. It was a couple of about four matches total on the card. The, the matches, of course, are ROH is not the problem. Is you know how does ROH build this company up as it's trying to transcend into higher TV, and I want to mention two things. Um, being that me and Two Chains went and saw uh, the Death Before Dishonor iPay-Per-View live in Baltimore, uh, I was really interested to see how they was going to incorporate into the next show. Um, of course, not expected. You know, they held off a little bit on J.D. and Roderick Strong a little bit, because, you know, Roderick Strong still just signed with ROH, so they wanted to see where that's going, when they might touch on that soon in the future. Um, but the first thing I want to touch on is Moose. Moose did get a chance to win the six-man mayhem match. And one thing I did mention in the uh, review that we had with Aaron, who's not uh, featured on this podcast this evening, is that I felt like the loss for Moose helped him against Cedric Alexander because I felt like Cedric did what he needed to do to tell a story in the ring to help Moose, to make Moose a better wrestler. And Moose actually got the win here. Um, other members that was in there was like Silas Young, who were both high on me and two chains. Dalton Castle, who definitely were both high on as a character point, and, and that just goes right to your point to how ROH really takes time to build characters in their company. But by Moose getting this win, I'll, I'll feed this question off to you guys. How do you think that really transcends to him, even though he lost in the eye pay-per-view, but winning this six-way match, do you think that benefits his career? Do you think it puts him back on a rise to the top? Where do you think Moose's career is going to go? I think... Uh... 
I think with Moose, they're obviously going to focus on building him. Um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, considered ever their main guy. But they got, I think they have big interest on him and slowly build building him. Um, Moose can still use a little bit more work in every department. Right. And I think they're just taking their time because they know what they have. They they right. they they know he has like athletic a a, pe- a uh, an athletic pedigree. So, um, and he the boy can work, but you know I think I think it's a slow progress. Um, we have our eyes on him as interest, and I'm and I'm sure they do. But let's not jump the gun a little bit. Let's let's give him just a little bit more time and keep letting him win significant matches like this and. Eventually, you know, we'll we'll see him up top, but he has a long way to go. Because, like you mentioned, Roger Strong is definitely the guy in ROH. Um, no, no disrespect to Jay Lethal, who absolutely I think is Mister ROH, but Roger Strong is definitely like like the shining unicorn for them. Yep. What about you, Doctor M? How you feel about Moose? Yeah, I mean, you can't. Re- I don't think anybody can look at Moose and not see. The potential for a big star in him um but as two chains said you know he needs he needs a lot of work uh there was a recent episode of roh i think where he faced i think it was cedric alexander um i could be mixing him up with somebody and um whoever it was moose was was kind of clearly outshined in the the wrestling and sort of the subtle stuff of being in a wrestling ring component uh but at the same time he I think with uh, with time, he can definitely be a major star in, in ROH. Um, I don't see him really being a world champion within the next year and a half or so, but certainly a little bit after that, definitely he could. Um, I think that's another important aspect to com- to remember on indie shows is um, you know you got to be able to cut promos, you got to be able to work, but you also have have to got. You have to be able to control the ring, and and um, not the ring, but more like the venue, where the crowd is right there, like they're right behind you. <laughs> you have to be able to be able to change momentum at any point. Whereas, like you know, on bigger scales like Raw, it's like either the crowd's with you or they're not. End of story. <laughs> you know, and if you if you have the talent such as like Cesaro, where you know, you can have a slow match, but progressively pick it up to have the crowd on you, that's fine. But ROH, it, it goes on and off like that. Because it's just, and, and ROH, NXT, TNA, all that. You you have to be able to control the crowd. And I think Moose does not do a good job at that. Because um, like you like you said, uh, when we went to see Death, Death Before Dishonor, um, What's his name? Uh, Cedric. Uh, Cedric Alexander did exactly that. Mm-hmm. He outshined Moose in every department. Um, yeah. Besides, besides the in ring skills, they was about pretty much neck and neck a little bit on that. But right. yeah, like he just lacked the control of the crowd. Like he yelled out, he's like Cedric, but you know, like five times. right? You you kind of you kind of liked it the first time, but afterwards it's like okay, you know, draw me back into you again. Right. You know, you come out, your interest has me, your your how big you are, that you know, that that grabs your attention. Your your talent grabs me, but can you grab me as your as a personality, as a character? And that's you know, that's the problem. And that's why uh Dalton Castle 
is such a favorite because he has it all. Yep. So, you know, that's that's my take on that. And the second part I want to add to, and of course, you know, we've seen mixing of R.H., you know, from past, like names like CM Punk or Kevin Steen. But when R.H. became on TV, I really wanted to take appreciation of who can be my favorite wrestler. Who can I say that I really like this guy? And this one guy that's been growing on me ever since I really paid attention to him the first time I saw him. And I really think he may be, even though he's not Mr. R.H. out of respect to Jay Lethal, but he may be the best overall performer when it comes to not only the ring skills, but what? The mic skills. And B.J. Whitmer throws some of the best promos, heelish promos, you know, that, that any wrestler can offer. And he reminds me so much of Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson of how he delivers his promos, how he talks. And I just think it's really, really great for the company that you have to have somebody that can carry the mic aspect of the company. You can't just have a wrestling company where it's just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. You have to have some type of talking given. And BJ does it to the T. And yeah. I really think that, you know, the continuing promo work that he's dealing with uh, Kobe Carino, you know, being the son of, of Steve Carino, it's just, it's just, oh, it's just so awesome that that he just, you know, continues to upbuild that promo and that storyline concept. Um, two chains. I'm gonna start with you. What do you think about uh, BJ Whitmer as an overall mic skills? I haven't dedicated a lot of time to analyzing him, but from what I've heard and seen, um, very natural and. You could almost forget that you watch it all way because his talent is there. Right. But um, yeah, I, that's some that's with, with that statement you made. Somebody I'm definitely gonna have to look a little bit more into for sure. Check him out. Check him out. Damn, have you got a chance to check out BJ a little bit or? I like BJ Whitmer, um, and I I never I never thought about the comparison to to Kennedy until you mentioned it. So no wonder why you like him. <laughs> but, uh, I'm saying he's growing on me. But yeah, no, I agree. He uh, he definitely has the mic skills, and he he's a natural heel. Um, and wrestling has so few of those nowadays. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely like him. I think he he brings a lot to ROH. I could I think he could bring a lot to any company really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how he continues to be developed going forward. Yeah, but that's all I had with the with the ROH. So I just wanted to hit on those two things. But, yeah, once again, B.J. Whitmer, just look out for him. I know he has to get in the ring a little bit more, dealing with his uh, injuries and, and everything, but his mic work is still selling up. Indeed, indeed. Well, um, the last bit of wrestling for the week uh, was SmackDown. And just to go over the card, um, some of us watched it, paid a little bit of attention to it. But uh, just to go over the results for it, uh, Pretty much started off with Seth Rollins talking about John Cena. And then Cesaro comes out, which actually leads into their first match. The first match for the night. Um, while this is all happening, Kevin Owen comes out for commentary. And um, eventually ends up interfering in the match, which gives Cesaro the win by DQ. Uh, kind of gives a little stare off to Seth Rollins as if, you know... They're going to go at it, but in actuality, they team up to go against uh, Cesaro, both giving him a slam. So, um, of course, they're the two top heels for the company, so, you know, it makes sense there. Um, 
Nats Masters is Los Matadors versus the Lucha Dragons. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. The Los Matadors and the Lucha Dragons who defeated the New Day in the Ascension. Um, Samurai and Rusev came out, cut a promo about Lana <laughs> and the fish they threw at her on Raw, which was just ridiculous. You know, the funny thing about this is Rusev might be... And this might be crazy to say, but Rusev might be the most interesting thing in what's going on right here. Because you know I would agree with you. I would agree with you. <laughs> I, I'm just, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> for, like, the, okay, let's talk about Raw real quick and, and this, the gifts he had for everybody, I guess, or for summer, whatever. It brings out a dog. He's like, look at the dog. He said it's skinny. He has skinny legs and it's neutered. Let's call it. <laughs> Let's call it Dog Ziggler. And then he's like, oh, fish. And I forget how he described it. And he was like, let's call it Lana. Then Lana comes out, um, takes off her heels. I guess she can't work in them. And um, and pretty much hits Summer Rae with the, with, with the fish. And Summer Rae is screaming because, yeah, it's a fish. But before this, Summer Rae has the fish in her hand. And she's kind of like rubbing it. And she's kind of like rubbing herself. And then she's kind of like messing with her hair. So I'm just like, you know, I just want to say this is still a fish that's like butchered. Like the head is cut off. It's like, it's 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 ready to be cooked. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That was kind of funny. But um, yeah, Raw, I mean, excuse me, SmackDown was in Oklahoma. So with that being said, the next match was Rusev versus an appearance, a rare appearance by a unicorn named Jack Swagger, <laughs> who got a big pop because obviously, you know, he was at home, but um, he didn't pick up the win. Um, but he did apply the Patriot Lock at the end of the match. So, um, you know, it's just good to see. I'm, I'm, I'm a Jack Swagger fan, and the We The People gimmick was definitely hot as it could be. I definitely will be picking me up a We The People shirt uh, for, for Mania. But, uh, yeah, so it was just good to, to see him. You need to pick up his old classic headband that he had when he first came out of ECW. I don't, I don't know if I recall that. I'm going to have to look that up. Gear, like, like, like an amateur wrestler type. He used the headgear sometimes when he was wrestling when he first came out of ECW. Huh. I don't and, know if I remember that. Yeah, me neither. I'm thinking about it. Yep, not, not old ECW, but, of course, the ECW, that was like the watered-down version. Right. <laughs> he came down one time like he had a little classic wrestling head gear. Huh. And then uh, Stardust versus R-Truth, which was a really, really quick match. And then, uh, you know, Stardust cuts another promo afterwards. But immediately, right after that, Neville comes out and attacks him. So Stardust evades and runs out the ring. But, uh... Like we've been let saying, me, the Stardust stuff. Let me stuff. say something about that. I'm sorry, I didn't even cut you off. Let me say something about that. Just a side note. You know what Stardust did in that match, too? And I'm not sure if a lot of fans get, got a chance to see this. It came across on TV. Stardust brought out a mask. You know, like one of those kid masks and they, you know, that they sell at the shows. And he tried to sell it like he did the old paper bag gimmick when he was the dark Cody Rose. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, so watch out for that. Oh, another thing, too, before that match started, they cut a, a comic book type of graphics of the two. Yep. So, 
like I said, they're being built superhero versus supervillain. So, I don't know. The Arrow, we'll see how this turns out. And then uh, the last match of the night is Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins teaming up against Cesaro. Like we mentioned earlier, um, Cesaro was double teamed in the beginning segment of SmackDown, which left him to find a mystery partner for the night. And to no avail, the one Dean Ambrose lunatic fridge came to his rescue where um, Cesaro ended up picking up the win at the end of the match by rolling up Kevin Owens. So that pretty much ended SmackDown. And uh, it was, you know, just a typical SmackDown show to me. Nothing surprising out of the blue, but hey. So yeah, that wraps up our wrestling reviews and reactions for the week. Take care. production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. Email us at Big Gold Belt Group at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.